Hello and welcome to Grace Life Stellenbosch. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. Amen. So I don't know what you, how you feel about Christmas. Okay, I'm not going to ask you to answer me, but I'm sure there's different answers in the room and even online. And um, some people would make a big deal of it, and some people think it's overrated. Uh, some people think it's important, and some think it's not so important. Um, and uh, that's not really the point of the service. That would be a, a bad point of the service. The point of the service would always be Christ. Amen. And uh, that's why we say let's have a Christmas service because we can share Jesus. Amen. And we can share Jesus at any opportunity, but Christmas is definitely an opportunity to do so. And um, one of the things that I was just pondering on then, obviously, is what to share, what to, to teach on. And uh, the idea that I want to bring home this morning is um, the thought or the, the truth, if you will, that faith came. Like, and we'll see that from the book of Galatians, but I want to start off with that this morning. Faith came, like Jesus came, but he Faith came. The word says, before faith came, we were in bondage, but now that faith has come. So I don't know if you're still looking to have more faith, or maybe you're dreaming for more faith for the new year, or maybe you hope that you had more faith in uh, 2023, or you, you, you're not maybe where you're supposed to be, as you think. Um, I've got good news for you. Amen? The best Christmas present that money cannot buy is that you've got faith if you've got Christ. Faith came. Faith is like not something that's out there. Faith was not something that you're looking for. Uh, faith is, was found, and it was found in a manger. Amen. <laughs> and faith died on a cross, but faith was resurrected, and now faith was alive forevermore in our hearts. And it's by the faith of Christ that we are saved, not just faith in Christ. And all those things are big statements. Um, and maybe you, you got it, then great, then I'm giving you a refresher. But maybe you haven't heard these words or these thoughts or these ideas. Um, and therefore, I want to show you that it's not ideas, it's truth, because it's in the Word. So I want to start with Luke 1. Luke 1. And it's really a worship prayer for, of Mary, the mother of Jesus, while she is still pregnant. And while she is visiting with her, um, I think it's her cousin, Elizabeth who is carrying John the Baptist. Now we've got a few pregnant ladies in the house. We can call you all forward and then we can uh, use your examples, but I'm not sure that you'll appreciate that. Um, but just that is the, 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 the mindset that we should have. That is the context of what we're looking at. So Luke 1.46 says, And Mary said, My soul does magnify the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. This is the first time in the Bible that Jesus is called Savior and it is by his mother while she is carrying him, while she's pregnant with him. So she really, she captured the gravity of what was happening more than most. For he has regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. Amen. Okay, now that's where some people make a, a religion of Mary, but that's not what she was intended. <laughs> she was just worshiping God and said, like, I am blessed because I'm carrying the Savior. No, not, that's not what she said. She said, I'm blessed because there is now a Savior. Yeah. So we're all blessed because of the Savior. Okay, so ladies, you don't need to be pregnant with Jesus to be blessed. You are blessed because God said to Abraham that in you will all the nations of the earth be blessed. I mean, so that's what we're looking at. Now, I want to just, in my uh, 
my thoughts, my meditations, and maybe my contemplations, thinking about what did it mean for Mary to say yes to the invitation from the angel. Think about it. Mary had an invitation to carry Jesus that wasn't forced on her. And then she said, according to your word, let it be done unto me. If you ever wanted a miracle, that's what you do. You say, Lord, according to your word, let it be done unto me. Not according to my will, but your word. And I mean, Mary was quite radical. Like, Mary had to really count the cost of saying yes to carrying the king. Like, think about that. Maybe we think, yes, it's a no-brainer. But she was engaged. So she was risking not just her engagement to Joseph, but her entire reputation in her hometown and in her family by being pregnant as a, an unwed young lady. She risked her place in society, even offering her own body to care, carry and care for the God who took on flesh. Now, when Jesus comes later in Luke and he says, like, if you're not, worthy to, if you're not willing to, to hate your wife and your children and even your own life, you cannot be my disciple. That's quite radical. But if we look at who did it, Mary is definitely one of them. She risked her family, her reputation, her relationships, even her own life. Her body was never the same after she gave birth to Jesus. So she's quite radical, isn't she? Then verse 49 says, For he is mighty, he that is mighty has done to me great things, and holy is his name. You see, she, didn't, she counted the cost, but she wasn't fixated on it. And that's what I want to, to give you this morning is there's a cost to being a Christian. But that's not our focus. Our focus is Christ. Our focus is the one who came. Our focus is the one who gives life. And he says, he has done great things to me. Even if I lost my fiancé, even if I lost my family, my relationships, my stance, my reputation, he has done great things to me. Holy is his name. Maybe you are unpopular for being here today. He has done great things to you. <laughs> He has done great things to you. Luke 1.50 then continues and says, And His mercy is on them that fear Him from generation to generation. I think Kunrad mentioned it this morning, like, that Christmas has continued for generations. And here we are just celebrating another Christmas, but the same coming of, of the King. Like it's, it's, it's happy birthday Jesus, amen? Because that's really what it's about. But it says, Then He has showed strength with His arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has shown strength with his arm. And that's really one thing I want to just focus on this morning that is quite a theme in the Bible. Like it's the arm of the Lord, the strength of the Lord. And when we see Christmas is the revelation or the revealing of the arm of the Lord. Now, I don't want to get into too much Bible study because I know you have a scar boat that's waiting for you or turkey or, or whatever uh, trifle you're going to have later. But I'll give you some good meat now, then you can, uh, you can get something for the flesh later. Okay, it says, For he has showed strength with his arm, he has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. So she is quoting really from the, an Old Testament, if we want to call that idea, of there's an expectation for the arm of the Lord to be revealed. And she's realizing that that arm of the Lord is, she's carrying it. Okay, now she wasn't just carrying an arm of Jesus, she was carrying the whole baby. So it's, it, it, it's not so literal, it's more figurative. So let's look at what that means. So Isaiah 53 verse 1 says, Who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Okay, so this is a, a, this is a, a prophecy again. But the, uh, the prophet is asking, Who has believed our message? 
Report is news. Like you have a news reporter, so there's news that has been um, shared, but reported, but it has not been believed. You see, Christmas is, is not something new. The birth of Christ is not something that just happens. It is something that was promised. It was something that was um, eagerly expected. Not for 24 days like your chocolate lint advent calendar. No, much longer. For years and years, they were looking for these things. Now, the word report there speaks of message or announcement or news and tidings. Okay, so all of this is going to come together. I'll show you now. When, when it speaks about report, we can even use the word tidings. Okay, and now the angels come up, and you can't have a Christmas service without Luke 2, obviously. And it says, Behold, the angels appeared unto the shepherds and said, I bring you good tidings or glad tidings of good things. The word tidings there is what Isaiah speaks of in Isaiah 53, which is report. So now you were expecting a report, you were promised something, and now we are, now it's here. That's really how you need to see your Bible. Like, that's why Christmas is, uh, is quite a big thing. Not that it's the 25th of December or that you have to have a, a Christmas tree or Santa Claus, anything of that. That's all distractions, I believe. But it's also tools to use as bait to bring people in. Okay, you can tell people, can I, can I share a secret with you? Today, like I'm going to sound like a, a salesman, just for today. Tomorrow it's gone, I promise you. Just for today, you have a little window where people will be more lenient to you sharing the gospel with them. Tomorrow they're going to close their hearts again and they're going to think about their New Year's Eve party. But just for today, the world is at standstill, almost. Just for today. Because even if they don't realize what Christmas is, we can tell them. Amen? And we'll see from Galatians, it's not about the day. It's not about the date. It's not about new moons or Sabbaths or any of that. It's just an opportunity. And Paul said, I, I make the most of every opportunity. That's why we're here today. We're making the most of every opportunity. Amen. So the Lord has believed or, or, or uh, is, is going to reveal his arm, his strength. Okay, so that's the news. That's the message that Isaiah speaks of. The um, passion says the triumphant power of the Lord. To whom has the Lord revealed his triumphant power? So the word revealed there speaks of revelation. Okay, so you can see we can preach the gospel from Isaiah 53 verse 1. You can preach Christmas like I'm doing now from Isaiah 53 verse 1. You don't need to go to Luke 2, but Luke 2 is the confirmation, the manifestation, the incarnation of the promise. So it all is one story, really. The revelation of the announcement, the revelation of the good news, the revelation of the power of God. Because Romans 1.16 then says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, the news, the report, for it is the power of God. So who has believed the power, the strength of God? What is the power, the strength of God? Well, it's the good news. That a Savior is going to be born to you. And that is the revelation, the revealing of God's strength. Amen. Because the strength, according to Romans 1.16, the power of God is in the gospel. Amen. So you see how the Israelites missed it. Because they thought the arm of the Lord is going to be another Samson. Another strong man. Another... Uh, judge or savior in a sense from political power where God says I make a different plan I make a different promise Isaiah 53 1 in the passion says who has truly believed our revelation to whom will Yahweh reveal his mighty arm the Amplified Classic says who has believed trusted in relied upon and clung to our message 
of that which was revealed to us. And to whom has the arm of the Lord been disclosed? I'm asking you this morning, have you believed the message? Have you heard the message? Have you seen the strength of God? And have you been partaking of that? That really is what Christmas is all about. Isaiah 40 and verse 10 says, Behold, the Lord God will come with a strong hand and his arm shall rule for him. Speaking of about Christ, the strength. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. Now listen to verse 11. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. Why do you think shepherds were the first to get the good tidings? Because he came to us. He became as we were. He's a shepherd. He came to the shepherds. He understood what they were about. He shall gather the lambs with his arm, with his strength, with his gospel. Why are we here today? Either you were dragged, dragged here. Sorry. We'll give you a lint chocolate afterwards to say thank you. Or you believe the message and you've been changed. And you heard the gospel and you've been born again and, and you're excited to be here because this is what we do. We gather. Christians gather. That's what we do. That's we, we are, we are, we are, um, we're a herd. <laughs> we're not lone wolves. We're not supposed to be because that's not what sheep are. Sheep are, 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 are herded by shepherds. We gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. And all the mothers said, Amen. Luke 2, 8, and they were in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. The glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, look, see, realize, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be for all people. You know, for all the Israelites, that wasn't good news. Because they wanted the good tidings and great, th- and great things for them. And that was never the plan. Because even to Abraham, God said, In you will all the nations of the earth be blessed. Amen. So the best gift is not just for Israel. It's for everyone. Amen? It's through Israel for everyone. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. The arm of the Lord is revealed, stretched out to the shepherds, and the chief shepherd is now incarnate. Still a baby, but human flesh. God who became, took on flesh, is now as we are, so that we can be as He is. John 12, 37, be though, uh, But though He had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on Him. That the saying of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spake, Lord, who has believed our report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? You see what John is doing there? He's quoting Isaiah 53, verse 1. He says, God, they still not believe. In Isaiah's day, they didn't believe, and they still don't believe. Now that he's incarnate, now that he's born, now that he's here, they still don't believe. The good, um, good word, God's word translation, sorry. I thought they're all God's word, but you get one that they think, they think they're special. They call it God's word translation. GW, verse 38 says, In this, the way of the words of the prophet Isaiah came true. Lord, who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord's power been revealed? It's been revealed to many people. It was revealed to Mary 
And she got it. She believed. It was believed to many others and they didn't. Do you believe? Do you believe? Not in Santa Claus, but in the message, the promise, the hope, the life that we have. Listen to Luke 1 and Mary continues her worship and she says in verse 54, He remembered to help his servant Israel. Why was Israel a servant? Was called to serve nations. Serve what? Serve the gospel. Amen. Verse 55. And he spake as he spake to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. Now remember that thought there. Abraham's seed because that was what was promised. And Mary abode with her about three months and returned to her own house. So she stayed with Two pregnant ladies in the same house, worshiping the Lord. Amen? They didn't tell us what happened the last three months that they were together. But at least we know that there was worship. Amen? So, we're looking at the seed of Abraham, which was promised. And you know, the Bible really, you can interpret it in many ways. But one of the ways that I like to interpret the Bible is is as if it's the same story over and over again. While also telling the story from beginning to end. So you can see in Genesis 1-1, the, the whole story is in Genesis 1-1, and if you have time, uh, I can share that with you. But it's also from Genesis to Revelation, the same story. In the book of Revelation, I believe the same story is told seven times over in different ways, but it's also a story from beginning to end. And that's really one of the ways that we can interpret the Bible, because we see that the whole thing between Abraham um, and, 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 and Sarah and Isaac really is the Christmas story. It's the promise of a child that is conceived through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's the story. And we'll look at it now. But it's also the promise that comes through that lineage, which is Christ. And that's what Paul writes to the Galatians. He says, guys, don't miss it. Don't just hang on to Abraham and just think you're sons of Abraham because you, you, you are called to be so much more. You're called to be sons of Abraham in the flesh, but you're called to be sons of Christ in the Spirit. And a lot of people camp there and they say like, well, I'm a son of Abraham. And Jesus even spoke to them and said, you think you're free because you say you're sons of Abraham, but before Abraham was, I am. One of the most powerful statements in the Bible. But he who was has now been born. <laughs> Which is which is sometimes difficult to get. But what was before just took on flesh. That's the birth of Christ. It's not, God, is not, God is not new. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is from the beginning until the end. He just took on flesh. Okay? Verse 55, He spoke to the fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. And Mary abode with her for three months. So let's look at this, like I said. Galatians 3 verse 7. Now, you therefore, they that are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. Not they that are Jews. They that are of faith. They who believe. So who's the children of, his, of Abraham? So, you, if you're a faith, you're a son of Abraham. I know this is the song my mother had us sing all the time. Father Abraham, hate by our sins. And then you... Technically, it's not true. It is, but it isn't also like, because he had one son, and it wasn't Isaac. It was Christ. And you are now in Christ. So even though there's many of us, we're all in one body. 
in the spirit. Okay? So yes, Isaac had to be born and Christ came through that lineage, but the promise to Abraham really wasn't Isaac. It wasn't limited to Isaac. Let me just say that. Okay, because if it was limited to Isaac, then we wouldn't have Christmas. But now it's the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Because God's plan came to Abraham through Isaac and Jacob. And Jacob became Israel. Okay, now there's a new Israel. Galatians speaks of that. And that's us, the believers. That's just for free. That's your Christmas bonus. Who's the children of Abraham? <clears throat> Those who are of faith. Galatians 3.8 And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith <clears throat> preached before what? The gospel unto whom? Abraham. See, the gospel is not New Testament. It's the original testament. Christ was preached to Abraham. If you don't believe me, believe your Bible. <laughs> it's right there. Black and white. White and black. He preached the gospel to Abraham. Where did he preach it? Saying, in you will all the nations of the earth be blessed. So it wasn't about the outcalling of a people. It was about the blessing to all nations through that people group. In you. Through you will all the nations of the earth be blessed. Verse 14. That the blessing of Abraham. It's not money. It's more. It's better. Might come unto the Gentiles through Christ. What is the message? The blessing of Abraham. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now we have famous teachings about by grace through faith. I think it's Ephesians 2 verse 8 and 9. I might challenge that a little bit this morning. What would Christmas be without a little challenge? Amen. Brethren, I speak in the manner of men, though he it be a man's covenant, yet if it be confirmed, no man disannuls or adds thereunto. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promise made, and he said not unto seeds as of many, but as of one, and to your seed, which is Christ. Okay, that substantiates what I said five sentences ago. The promise wasn't Isaac, the promise was Christ. And it came through Isaac. Okay? But the story of Isaac's birth is the Christmas story. It's just not the fulfillment in the spiritual. Amen? He said not seeds as of many. That's why I said Abraham had many sons, but he had one, really. And we are now in that one, which is in Christ. Verse 17, And this I say, that the covenant that was confirmed before God in Christ, the law, which was 430 years after, cannot disannul. We'll make that promise of none effect. Oh, this is good news. Better than you guys look, man. Come on. The law cannot disannul what was promised to Abraham. The law cannot disannul the gospel. The law cannot disannul the promise. The law cannot disannul the fact that heathen would be put right with God through faith, not performance. The law cannot do that. The law cannot perfect your flesh. The law cannot perfect any person. But I want to say forget about the law. Because the law was only a small time frame in the history of mankind. But the promise of God has been from Eve. You can preach Christmas from Galatians 3.15. Because it speaks about a virgin birth. As a restoration to Eve just after she sinned. And now Mary comes 
the daughter of Eve, and she births the Savior, fulfilling the promise that was made to her greatest ancestor, <laughs> which was Eve in the garden. Amen? Where are we? Verse 17. It cannot disannul the promise. It cannot make it of no effect. Verse 18. For if the inheritance be of the law, it is no more of promise. But God gave it to Abraham. How? By promise. What was promised? Christ. What has come? Christ. What has been fulfilled? Christ. Wherefore then serveth the law? It was added because of transgression. Now look at this. Till the seed should come to whom the promise was made. I've never preached Christmas from Galatians, but I'm enjoying it. Because the promise was made to the seed, and that seed is Christ. And the law only ushered in the fulfillment of that promise. It was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. But, now listen to verse 23. Before faith came. Okay? So, can we make an, uh, a statement quickly that says there was a time that faith came. So we can say that there was a time that faith hasn't come yet. Just in a time frame of logic. Okay? So if faith came, then there was a time when faith hasn't come yet. Okay. So, I don't want to jump around too much here, but I, th I should. Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. But there's a time where faith hasn't come yet. And then Hebrews 11 goes on and now it speaks of, we call it heroes of faith. But they all lived before faith came. But how could they be of faith? Before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith which should afterwards be revealed. But, verse 25, after that faith is come or has come. Okay, so there's a time when faith hasn't come and now there's a time where faith has come. Okay, so you're waiting for your granny or your family to arrive for Christmas and there's a time when you still get things ready because they haven't come yet. And now when they have arrived, now they're there. Okay, now you can decide which was the happier part of your day, but that's not, my, that's not what the service is all about. But uh, there's a time where faith hasn't come. Okay, But now that there is a time where faith has come. So if we look at Hebrews 11, it speaks of really the substance here is the word um, realization. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it easy for you. Faith is not what you do. Faith is who he is. Because a promise was made to, to, to Israel, to Abraham, that a son will be born. And that was the hope. Now there is substance, there is flesh, so there is a realization of the promise because faith has come. Which is Christ. It is the evidence of the promise that was made to Abraham is now manifested. Now you can, you can touch Jesus. So faith really is 
Christ. It is the evidence of things not yet seen. Who has believed our report? To whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Things not yet seen. Things not yet uh, manifested. Just promised. Now faith is. Now faith has come. Now faith is the substance. The realization is a much better word there. You can look up the Greek. It's the manifestation, the realization of the promise. The seed of Abraham. Behold, I bring you glad tidings of good things. Today, faith is realized. Today, faith is incarnate. Today, God took on flesh. What He promised to Abraham, what He promised to Eve. Now, how can these people in Hebrews 11 be of faith? If you study it carefully, it's not about what they did. It's about what they believed. Isn't that what faith is? We read it and we think this, they were great people because they offered up Isaac or they opened the, the Red Sea. Or, that's not the message. The message is they believed the promise. They believed the promise. Who has believed our report? Well, Abel did. That's how you read Hebrews 11. Enoch did. Noah did. Who believed the promise of Christ? Abraham did. Sarah did eventually. Isaac did. Jacob did. Joseph did. Why? How do we know that Joseph believed the promise? He commanded them to take his bones back to Jerusalem. And when Christ died, the dead was raised. I believe Joseph walked around Jerusalem. That's your homework for the holidays. Now, Moses believed. Because verse 26 of Hebrews 11 says, Esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. For he had respect unto recompense of the reward. What did he believe? Christ, the report, the news, the announcement. Amen. He had the revelation and he believed it. Now verse 26 of Galatians, we have to draw this to a close. For you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. By faith who is Christ Jesus. So by grace, through faith, yes, you have to believe. I'm not like, I'll, I'll categorically state that. Like you have to believe to be born again. But if we say that there was a time where faith hasn't come and there's a time when faith has come, then by grace is because faith came. By grace, through the one who is faith. So now I believe in the one who is faith. Therefore, I'm counted righteous for my faith. Isn't that just almost a you to be true? And then Galatians 2, unfortunately, we can't go back there for time's sake, speaks about these things and says it's the faith of Christ. Because He is faith. For as many as you have been baptized, made one into Christ, have put on Christ. That's why I say there's one seed. So Father Abraham had one son. But there's many in him. That's a better way to, to see it.
have been put on Christ. There is neither Jew, because the Jews have fulfilled their function, nor Greek, because there's no longer heathen, if you're an unbeliever. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in the Son. Sorry for the, the rhyme. You're all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. That's your Christmas present. To be one with Christ. The seed of Abraham. So, I don't want to comment on Israel too much this day because that would not be the purpose of why we meet. But what I've just shared with you, it shows you that the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of Israel is now the God of the nations. And the servant which he called to share that message was Israel, under whom the son was born. You know what? Jesus had these conversations with the Pharisees. He said, you called your sons, sons of Abraham, but you're not free because you're not in Christ. He who has the son has life. He who has the spirit is free. Amen? So I'm asking you this morning, can the real Christmas story, please stand up. Can the real news, the report, please stand up and come to the fore? Because Galatians 4, 4 continues and it says, When the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law. That's Christmas. Glad tidings of good things. The fullness of time means the time that, was, that had to pass has passed. What? Since the promise. Why? Ask yourself why. Why this morning? Why Christmas? Why the birth of Christ? Well, the answer is there in verse 5. It says, To redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because you are sons, God sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Last Sunday, I spoke to the ladies, and I'll do it again. I said, ladies, you are not the daughters of God. You are sons of God. Because sons are the ones who carry the name, the purpose, the intent, and the power of the Father. Because we just saw that in the Spirit, there's neither male nor female. There's neither slave nor free. There's neither Jew nor Greek. Now, I shouldn't say these things on Christmas. That's where the world gets messed up. Because what is a spiritual truth they want to manifest in the flesh? And they call it gender fluidity. But it's a spiritual yearning that there's a truth that we're all one, but not in the flesh. He made us male and female. But when we're one with Christ, then there is oneness. Like, really oneness. Okay? You are sons. He doesn't say sons and daughters in verse 6. A lot of the modern Bibles will add it. Stealing from the intent and purpose of how God wants to see everyone on the same level in terms of purpose and destiny. You are no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Why Christmas? So that you could be adopted as sons. But a son, then an heir of God through Christ Jesus. Heir is a 
inheritance speaks of family usually who inherits what you've got your estate usually your family <laughs> usually the world is different these days so once you become family you become heirs verse 23 says that he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh speaking about Ishmael but he of the free woman was by promise which things are an allegory or a story or a foreshadowing for these are the two covenants the one from the mount sinai which gendereth or uh, to bondage which is hagar the slave girl for hagar represents the law given at mount sinai in arabia the hagar metaphor corresponds to the earthly jerusalem of today who are currently in bondage In contrast, verse 26, there is a heavenly Jerusalem above us, which is our true mother. She is the free woman birthing children into freedom. See, he was born in the city of David and people thought Jerusalem. But it was Bethlehem. The feeding town. A laborer's town. A farming village. But the wise men thought they're looking for a king of this world. That's why they went to Jerusalem. But even here, we can see that Paul writes and says, this is a different Jerusalem. This is a Jerusalem from above. This is a spiritual house. Dear friends, verse 28, just like Isaac, we are now the true children who inherit the kingdom promises. And just as the son of the natural world at that time harassed the son of the born of the power of the Holy Spirit, so it is today. Just like Jesus had to flee to Egypt, just like Isaac had to flee to Egypt, just like we sometimes have to flee to outcast positions, just like that, we know that we are by the power of the Holy Spirit. The promise has been fulfilled and we are part of that. So what does the scripture tell us to do? Expel the slave mother with her son. And the son of the slave woman will not be a true heir. For the true heir of the promises is the son of the free woman. The true heir of our promise. We only are true heirs when we are not under the law. But when we are under Christ, one with him. And that's really what Christmas is all about. You can be adopted, a true heir. Not because of your keeping the law, but because of Him. Not because of your faith so much, but Him who is faith. Faith is not just what we do. Faith is who He is. So if you think about Christmas, think about faith that came. The promise that's been fulfilled. For there was a time when faith hasn't come yet. But now we live in a time after that faith has come. And that is much easier to believe in, I believe. Now we apply our faith to His grace. Because His grace shows us that faith came. Not to our doing, but to His. Not due to what we did, but due to what He promised. Isn't that amazing? You see, the best Christmas gift is really one that money cannot buy. Maybe you feel disappointed or... Maybe not. Maybe you're happy with what you got or you're still waiting. My family's still waiting. We'll only open presents this afternoon because it's not important on which day we do it because the reality of Christ is just much bigger. 
Um, but what, what it means is like, that's just an allegory. The meal, the time together, the presence, it's just an allegory. It's just a, a teaching aid. It's just a reminder of true faith that came so that we could be adopted sons, purposeful, destiny, true heirs, one with the king. Amen? It's now so obvious. We are not the children of the slave woman. We are the supernatural sons of the free woman. Sons of grace. What a translation of verse 31. We are sons of grace. You see, Christmas is radical. Mary was radical. Mary gave, it, gave up everything. Just think that you give birth to a son you know will die before you do. And you carry that every day with you. I love that last song that we sang, Born for the Cross. That's really, it, I mean, I like to make a bigger thing of Easter than Christmas. But he had to be born to die. <laughs> you have to see it as such. But she, she carried that for 30, almost 34 years since conception. That this son is going to suffer. This son is going to be an outcast. This son is going to be different. But she was radical. Because Christmas should be radical. Because Christianity is radical. It's a radically good God who made a radical promise and delivered in a radical way. Much better than we could even ask, think, or imagine. That's why we can ask with the prophet this morning, who has believed our report? To whom has the revelation of God who's saving people by grace through faith been revealed? Who's seen it? Who's believed it? Who's taken hold of it? A God who took on flesh and became like we were so that we could become as He is. And I'm asking you this morning personally, has the promise of Christ been fulfilled in your life? Not the birth in Bethlehem, but the birth in your heart. Have you received this eternal gift, the promise of life that never ends? We can ask it in a different way. And I want to ask you this question. Has the day star, day star dawned in your heart? You see, the Bible uses all these terminologies to, to keep knocking at your heart and at your door and say, listen, have you been illuminated? And all these are signs we see in the Christmas story. We see the star of Bethlehem. We see the path. We see the wise men who follow after Christ. We see the promises of a king, but manifesting in a different way. We see Jesus being born in Bethlehem in a feeding trough, not in Jerusalem, in a temple. All of these stories are telling us that we have the opportunity to say yes to the King of Kings. Amen. We have the opportunity to be born again, born from above, born of God. And Christmas is not the only day to do so, but it's a great day to receive the promise, isn't it? Amen. You know what's even better? To share the promise. For the words of Jesus quoted in the book of Acts says it's more blessed to give than to receive. Remember I told you earlier that you have a small window of opportunity that will close 
probably before midnight, where we can invite people into the true reality of Christianity. The faith that came. The forgiveness that is. The life eternal. Sons of the free woman. Sons of grace. Have you responded like Mary by answering the call of God and saying, let it be done to me according to your will, O God. I know I'm preaching to the choir because you're here on Christmas Day. But as you go out and as you contemplate and meditate on the year that has passed and the year that is ahead, let this be in your heart. Lord, what is your will? Lord, not my will, but your will. Lord, not my plans, but your plans. Lord, not my ideas, but let's give God the opportunity to birth God ideas, not good ideas, in our hearts. Mission, purpose is begging. The harvest is ready. We can sit and clap hands and sing hallelujah and kumbaya and enjoy everything that grace has came to give us. Or we can step into the more blessed part of life, which is to give the gospel, to live the gospel, to share the message of grace. Because Christmas really is the greatest story, but it's only the start of that story. You know, there's a finished work of Christ, but there's also the unfinished work of Christ. And that part he seconded to us when he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Yes, who will believe our report? We don't know. But let's go find out. Let's go preach. Let's go share. Let's go love on this world. Lord, not my plans, but your plans. Not my ideas, but your ideas. Not what I got for Christmas, but what you gave when you gave it all. What a God we serve. What a, what a Father. What a King. You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.ca. And if you're ever in the Stellenbosch area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us, or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website, www.gracelife.ca.